In the past several weeks, uh, we have seen how different people and different aspects of the whole Christmas story have symbolized waiting. The waiting that happened leading up to the birth of Jesus. And of course, in each case also very much we have seen ourselves in that waiting. I want to pick up just uh, briefly on that again for a few minutes this morning. I think one of the most significant waiting journeys that we have not yet touched on was endured by the Gentiles. And maybe we can even include kind of all the uh, less than people in their world. We don't have time to go into all the details here this morning, but their world was very much driven by the elite. You better be a Jew, or there was no hope for you whatsoever. And even then, you better be of the elite Jewish families and of the elite religious leaders, and in the elite category of their social ladder, or you were really nothing. I hope you caught the significance in the verses, the Isaiah verses that Steph read for us a few minutes ago. And then also the announcement in Luke by the angels. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth or we could say to everybody. And then the angels bring the actual news to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. See, here in Isaiah, and actually much earlier already, way back at the beginning of Genesis, when God came to Abraham and he blessed Abraham, and he told Abraham that he was going to become the father of a great nation, God already, at that moment, way back in Genesis, God already said to Abraham, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. God's intention to be the savior of all people is sprinkled throughout the Old Testament already, but it seemed as though for some reason throughout the Old Testament during that whole period of time, thousands of years, it seemed as though the Gentiles and all the, the less than people had to keep waiting and waiting and waiting. They had to wait until the Messiah would come and bring this light to all people. They had to endure a long time in history when it seemed as though God was only interested in the Israelites. And even among them, it seemed the only ones that, that really, really mattered were a few of the most perfect and the most elite and the ones that actually had it all together. All of this was about to change with the coming of the baby Jesus. On this night, there was to be good news of great joy that would be for all the people. And the whole Christmas story does an amazing job of illustrating this. I'm not sure if you've ever stopped 
and take a note of the variety of participants in the original Christmas story. It's quite captivating, actually. You begin reading in Luke chapter 1, and kind of right at the beginning, almost before the actual Christmas story starts, you have Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're a godly, elderly couple. He was a priest. She was the daughter of a priest. They had faithfully served in the temple for many, many years. They had also passionately prayed for years that God would, would bless them with a child. But it hadn't happened. They, of course, had often wondered why. They searched their own lives. They questioned themselves. They were wondering if they weren't living right. Why wouldn't God hear their prayer and answer? And even though he was a priest... There was a social stigma in their world that was attached to not being able to have children. And yet they were chosen. Chosen by God to be a part of the original Christmas story. And then there were, of course, Joseph and Mary. They were kind of on the other end of life spectrum. If Zachariah and Elizabeth were elderly Joseph and Mary were, were young. They were, they were recently engaged and probably in, in one of, well, maybe not probably, in one of the most exciting stages of life where you're engaged to be married and you're looking forward with anticipation to what's all going to, what the future is going to hold for you and your new husband or your new wife and you're envisioning careers and you're envisioning family and you're envisioning what is all going to happen in this future and it was an exciting time of life. And then... In the middle of that, suddenly Mary becomes a single, pregnant teenager. And we go, really, God? I mean, that certainly puts her into a whole other class of people in their system. And Joseph was left wondering what in the world had just happened. And after he proceeds with the engagement, regardless of her pregnancy, he was undoubtedly accused of committing adultery with her. And they are chosen to be a part of the Christmas story. And then there are the shepherds. A group of men huddled on a hillside in the middle of the night, discussing the miserable state of affairs that their world is in. And of course, a group of men who found themselves very much on the fringe of mainstream religion. See, the shepherds, because of their job working with animals, actually kind of living with animals, they were pretty much always ceremonially unclean in their religious culture. They rarely took enough time, as prescribed by their system, between taking care of the animals to go through the ceremonially, uh, ceremonial cleansing that was required in order for them to go to the temple and worship. And they were certainly not welcome in the temple without that ceremonial cleansing. And so they rarely went. And in a religion-dominated society where the temple was the pinnacle of religious worship experience, the only place where you could actually meet God, lack of attendance there simply meant that they were outsiders at best and maybe rejects to be avoided at worst. The low-down guys, the ones that often felt left out and looked down on. 
and we wonder, was it coincidence? Or why did God intentionally choose them to be the ones to whom the news of the centuries was personally delivered from heaven? It amazes me when I think about it. It humbles me. And it actually convicts me. And then there were Simeon and Anna in the temple eight days after the birth of Jesus. We don't talk about them very often, but they actually kind of captivate me. They were totally on the other end of the spectrum from the shepherds, actually. Simeon and Anna seemed like they were always at the temple. The Bible calls Simeon righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Sounds like he may have been a cross between a Mennonite and a Catholic and a Pentecostal. Righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. I kind of like that. Anna says here that she was 84 years old and spent a major part of her life simply worshiping and prophesying and fasting and praying in the temple. It's actually a pretty diverse group of people, to say the least. All of them intentionally chosen by God to be included in that first Christmas event. But there was one group that I have not yet mentioned that also had the privilege of being involved. And I'm going to say they represent a whole group of people that have been, in a way, waiting throughout the Old Testament. Waiting for their time to be fully included in the message of the gospel. If you turn to Matthew chapter 2 and you read the Christmas story there, you will read about the wise men or the magi. These are the first non-Jews to participate in the Christmas story. The first Gentiles. They are likely also the first ones that are believed to have been truly wealthy according to the gifts that they brought and the ability to travel such long distances. They were scholars. They were not mere common folk like me. They studied the stars, scientists perhaps, but likely not just scientists actually because the word here suggests that they were actually also astrologers. See, they were not just studying fact. They were not just studying the actual formation and positioning of the stars and the earth and its movements. Astrologers were actually also somewhat spiritual. They would place special supernatural significance on the placement of the planets and the stars. Not really something we encourage very much here at Pleasant Valley. But that was the wise men. We're going to talk a little bit more about them on Sunday morning if you come back. But they represent a group of people that has been waiting. Waiting ever since, in a way at least, God chose Abram to be the father of his people, the Israelites. Wondering when, if ever, they would also be fully included in the story of God's redemption. So we have this incredibly diverse group of people that were involved in that first Christmas. Actually, not just involved, 
but intentionally invited to come and kneel at the manger. A squeaky clean priest and dirty and ceremonially unclean shepherds. High social rank and low social rank. A widowed prophetess and an older married woman who could not have children. A godly widow that never stopped worshiping and a pregnant teenager somewhat confused about what was actually going on. A young, hard-working, engaged man with dreams and aspirations an old gentleman his working years long behind him. Devout religious Jews, wise foreign astrologers. All of them waiting. Waiting to be released from their, their label, their box, their less than category. And then, in the middle of that, then comes the announcement. Today, today there is good news of great joy. The wait is over. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Remember what Isaiah said? It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. It is too small a thing for Jesus to be only about those that already have it all together. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Everyone regardless of race, social status, age, religious adherence, regardless of economic abilities, intellectual abilities, or physical abilities, everyone, the wait is over. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of his children. I am not convinced at all that I fully understand how big the Christmas story really is. And so today we celebrate, we celebrate things that we don't even fully understand. We celebrate that the wait is over even though we're still waiting. We celebrate what is yet to come. The moment when the physical wait will also finally be over. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Amen.